Very good. Turn, if you would, this morning to the book of James. book of James is where we're going to be today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we are glad to be in your house today, and Lord, we're thankful for the truth and song that we were just able to enjoy. Lord, I pray that you'd help us as we enter now into this time of your word and, and looking at it and seeing how it could help us, how it could benefit us. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to give it the attention it deserves, and Lord, that we would make any application in our lives where it would be necessary. I pray this now in Jesus' name, amen. This morning, I'm going to begin with a thought that I don't know how much of this is a generational thing or if it's more of a cultural thing. I would assume that what I'm about to talk about is something that most of us are familiar with. I think most of us would be familiar with this. And I want to say this as the message begins, as the, as the sermon takes place. I'm going to try to work through this as quickly as I can, this illustration. But it may take a few moments for it to develop, so I would ask you to just be patient with me. And I'm going to try to make illustration throughout this sermon as, I don't know what I just said, but I'm going to try to make correlation between the illustration as we go throughout the sermon. So uh, if you'll just be patient with me, I think this will all come together in a couple of moments, hopefully a little bit better than my last few statements. But... Uh, I want to begin this morning by talking about what happened to Susie and I a little over 23 years ago. It's something that, again, I think most of you would be familiar with, maybe something that you engaged in at some point in your life. But Susie and I were engaged to be married, and there were some ladies in the church where we were attending at the time who offered to host a wedding shower on our behalf. And if you've ever been to a wedding shower, you know the purpose of a wedding shower, what it's supposed to accomplish for the couple who's getting married. And so before the shower took place, we were encouraged to go to a few different stores and register for different items that we would want people to buy if they so chose to buy something for us. So we went to these different stores, we registered for different items, and then the night of the shower took place there at the church, and many people showed up and many different gifts were brought. As I've looked back over that scenario, as I've considered the number of people who attended the shower that night and made Susie feel special on that evening, as I have considered all the different gifts and all the different items that came in, something that I have been reminded of is this, is that we did not deserve any of it. It's not as though we had done anything to deserve people going out and buying us gifts to help us as we begin this new life together. So here are all these people going out and buying gifts and bringing them to the shower, and some brought them to the wedding later because they were not at the shower. But the point of it is simply this, is that we didn't deserve it. There was nothing that we had done to deserve their acts of kindness toward us. I don't remember how all of this played out. I don't remember how all of this would have transpired, but I do know that there was a time when we were opening the gifts or when Susie was opening the gifts, that there were moments and there were occasions where she opened up those gifts and what she opened up was exactly what we had registered for. 
So, of course, you understand if you've asked for it and somebody gave it to you, and again, you didn't deserve it, well, that was quite exciting because you registered for those towels, you registered for those plates, those pieces of silverware, whatever it was, you registered for it, and people gave you exactly what you wanted, exactly what you desired. Well, how exciting was that? So we were excited to receive those gifts, but then there were another kind of gifts that were given, and maybe you've experienced this in your past, but they were gifts that we did not ask for. We didn't register for these gifts, and and how somebody concluded that we needed these gifts, I don't know. But here is what I realized, and here is what Susie and I have realized over the years, is some of the gifts that we were given, we didn't even know we needed them until later on in the marriage. So when we were out registering, we weren't smart enough to know that we would need that. But thankfully, someone knew that we would need it, so they went ahead and bought it for us, and later we saw the benefit of it. So if you'll think about it for just a moment, here's what we've got. We've got myself and Susie getting married. A wedding shower is being hosted by some ladies, and all these gifts are coming in. We didn't deserve any of it. Some people brought gifts that brought us great joy. Other people brought gifts that we didn't see the benefit of immediately, but we learned of their benefit later. And yet as all this happened in those weeks and months prior and soon after the wedding, here is something else that happened for us, and I would assume still takes place today, that with each gift that was given, it was logged as to what the gift was by the gift giver. So if this person bought towels, we were able to remember this person bought us the towels. If this person bought the dishes, then we were able to know who bought the dishes. Whatever it was, it was logged as to who gave what, and that was for one main reason. So that when Susie sat down to write the thank you notes, she knew how to rightfully express her thanks for the gift that came in. You wouldn't want to thank somebody for the towels who bought you dishes. You wouldn't want to thank someone for the coffee maker who bought you the toaster. And so there was this need to be aware that this person is who gave me this. And based on what they gave, I need to express a right measure of thanks. Because again, whether it be toasters, towels, or something else, in the end, none of it was really deserved by us. As you think about that little illustration this morning, I want us to remember a little bit of the context of our passage. I want us to remember a little bit of what James has said in previous verses. I want us to be reminded this morning that James has been dealing with the subject of sin and how you and I fall into sin, how you and I find ourselves engaging in sin it's the result of us being drawn away by our own lust and our own desires and letting Satan get a hold of our lives in one manner or another. We remember this, I hope. Something that Paul, or not James, but something that, something that James said in verse number 13 was this, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. So James wanted it to be very clear as to the nature and the character of who God is, that God is never responsible for our temptations to sin. 
He will allow the temptations to take place, but God is not the one responsible for tempting us to sin. That is not who he is. And so this morning, we're just going to look at one verse of Scripture. As we do, here's what I know. This is going to be somewhat elementary for some of us. Some of us will leave here this morning and we'll say, I already knew that. I was already fully aware of that. And that may be, but here's what I also know. It doesn't mean that we're using it in our daily lives like we ought. And so the reminder, I think, is going to be good for all of us. I think it was good for me to be reminded of it this week. And so I want us to look in verse number 17, and here's what I want us to see, that James says this of the character of the nature of God. He says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And so here is what James is doing. He is still speaking of who God is. Again, he is speaking of the character, the nature, the attributes of God. And one of the things that he says of God is this, that he is the Father of lights. That's how he's referred to in this, in this uh, passage. But he says, of the Father of lights, there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So what does that mean? It just means this, that God is an unchanging God. God is not a God who is fickle. God is not a God who changes with the seasons. God is not a God of, of different whims and ideas and trends and, and, and philosophies or anything like that. No, our God is a consistent God. Our God is a reliable, trustworthy, dependable, unchanging God. He does not shift like a shadow. He does not change. Again, he is not fickle. Our God, James says, is a consistent, unchanging God. So understanding that, we notice if we give any attention to this verse at all, that James speaks of, on two different occasions, gifts that come from God. Gifts that come from God, the Father of lights, who is an unchanging God. And so as I was dealing with this passage this week, I, I wanted to know exactly what a gift meant, though I had a pretty good idea already. But this is how a gift is explained or, or, or illustrated in a dictionary, how it's uh, defined, that's the right word. This is how the word gift is defined in the dictionary. It is something that is not earned by the recipient. Okay? Just like I mentioned of the wedding gifts that Susie and I received, a gift is something that is not earned by the recipient. So anytime I receive a gift, anytime you receive a gift, if it is truly a gift, then here's what we know. It was not something that we earned or we deserved. So here is James, again, writing of the nature and the character and the attribute of God. And one of the things he says is this, is that God gives gifts. He gives things to you and I. He gives things to individuals that we do not deserve. So notice he says in verse number 17 that every good gift cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Every good gift. What does it mean whenever James speaks of a good gift? It just means this, the gift which is pleasant or enjoyable. 
the gift that is pleasant or enjoyable. Again, trying to make some correlation here between the text and the illustration that I opened up with. The, the idea would be something like this. God gives men and women such as ourselves, God gives us gifts that are good, that are pleasurable, that are enjoyable. They are the very things that if we could have registered for them, we would have registered for these gifts. You understand what I'm saying? Think about this for just a moment. Here are some of the things that if we had the ability to sign up for them, we would sign up for these things. We would sign up for good health, would we not? Every one of us, if we had the chance to kind of dictate what kind of gifts would come our way by way of our everyday personal lives, we would say, God, this is what I'd like to sign up for. God, this is what I'd like to register for. God, I would like to have me some good health. Now, if you think about this, this is so simple to understand if we're honest about it. You and I, not one of us deserve good health. Not one of us deserve good strength. There's nothing that we have done to deserve this in relation to those who may not have the health or the strength. It's not because God loves us more than he loves that person who has the health issues. It's not as though we did something special. No, the fact that you and I enjoy good health, the fact that we have the pleasure of that, the fact that we have the benefit of that, that is something that God gave us that we do not deserve. You realize this, right? The gift of health, the gift of strength, the gift of ability, that is a gift that God has given us that we do not deserve. We, as much as anyone else, could deserve health issues, health problems, long-term situations. But for the vast majority of us, we have enjoyed this gift of good health. Well, that sounds so simple, but friends, we need to realize this, and we'll talk why, as talk as to why in a few minutes, that we need to be aware of this. There is this gift that we would sign up for, and it's going to seem similar, but I promise you it's different, the gift of a sound mind. Amen. The gift of a sound mind. It's a terrible thing to have good health, but to not have your mind. And so if you think about this, I don't deserve a sound mind. I don't deserve the ability to, to put thoughts together, to be able to reason, to have some logic, to have some rationale. That's not something I deserve. The ability for you to have a thought process and logic and rationale, you don't deserve that. So how do you and I, how do we have this, this ability to think and to, and to communicate and do all the things we do with our thought process? Well, we're able to do this because of God. Hey, we need not lose sight of this. It is because of God that we have body, that is sound, that we have strength, that we have health. It is because of God that we enjoy the sound mind. We can't afford to lose that. What else would we sign up for if given the chance to register as to what we wanted God to bless us with? Well, what about this? The ability to go to work each day, make a living, and enjoy the fruit of our labor. All we've got to do to be reminded of the gift of the ability to work is to have that ability taken away from us. Whenever you and I don't have the ability to work, whenever you and I don't have the strength to get up and to go about our daily lives like we've always done and do the things that we've always done, we begin to realize just how much of a gift from God that that really is. 
I don't deserve the ability to be able to get up and come to work every week. I don't deserve the ability to be able to do everything that I do. And so the fact that I am able to do what I do, to work and to make money and to provide an income for the family so that we can do the things that we do, every bit of that is something that God has given me. That is a good gift that God has given me and that God has given many of you. For many of us, we would say this, the gift of family or friends who are like family is a gift from God that we don't deserve. You and I don't deserve family that love us. You and I don't deserve family that support us, that are there to encourage us and to strengthen us. It's expected, I know, but to say that that's what we deserve and that that's our right... That's a bit of a stretch, is it not? To have friends who love us, who care about us, who want what's best for us, again, we expect it. We oftentimes assume it will be there. But that's a gift from God that we don't have a right to in and of ourselves that is a gift from Him. Think about this. The gift of salvation. Which of us in this room this morning earned that one? Which of us in the room this morning deserves that one? Which of us this morning, we've been so good that we could honestly say to God, if if given the opportunity, God, you owe me salvation. Not one of us could suggest such a thing, correct? And so the fact that we've got the gift of salvation, that is a gift that God has given us that we do not deserve. And think of all that comes with that gift of salvation that is also a gift. The gift of peace. The gift of joy. The gift of contentment. The gift of satisfaction in this life. There is so much that comes with our salvation that in and of itself we did not deserve. But when you think of all the ramifications and all the the extra benefits that come with salvation, that is something that we did not deserve. We just simply did not deserve it. That is a gift from the Lord. Now, this morning, you may sit here and you may say, well, what about this? Well, if that's what you would sign up for, that's fantastic. Well, what about this? Well, if that's what you'd sign up for, fantastic. If God has given you that, that is a gift from God that you didn't deserve, that I didn't deserve. I know we've heard this said before, but none of us really want what we deserve. Because we all deserve judgment. We all deserve punishment. We all deserve death. We all deserve hell. But these good gifts that we receive, well, it's because of God's goodness and not because of anything we deserve. But he gives us these pleasurable, these enjoyable gifts, these things that our lives are benefited by. He said in verse number 17 that every good gift cometh down from the Father of lights. So what does it mean whenever he says every? It means each and every one of them. Anything good that you enjoy 
Anything good that your life is profited by, anything that contributes to your life in a pleasant or agreeable way, who did that come from? It came from God. Did I miscommunicate on that? Because we're sitting here like, what? Listen, anything good that we have in our lives, anything that is pleasurable, anything that contributes to us in a positive way, that is from God. Plain and simple. But notice what else he said. This is so important. He said, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. You would think maybe if you didn't know better that good and perfect would be like cousins, right? I mean, basically, aren't you talking about the exact same thing? If it's a good gift, if it's, if it's a good gift, it's a perfect gift. If it's a perfect gift, it must be a good gift. Well, yes, it's very similar, but think about this. It would be from the same family. But the idea behind a perfect gift is a gift that is complete, that is wanting nothing, but it would be different just a little bit than the pleasurable or the desirable gift or the enjoyable gift. So what in the world are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about this. Go back to the illustration of the wedding shower and those gifts that were brought that we didn't necessarily sign up for. We didn't see the benefit of it when we were standing in the aisle at the store. Listen, we didn't see the, the value of it to us, and so we looked right over it, and, and maybe we disregarded it, and we thought, well, why would we need one of those, or why would we need some of those? I mean, that would be unimportant. That would be of no value. It's kind of like that. There are certain things that God brings into our lives that we wouldn't have necessarily signed up for because we were too ignorant to see the benefit of it. But God, who is far wiser than us, knew that at different seasons of our lives, we needed not just good gifts, but we needed some perfect gifts as well, some things we didn't know we needed at the time. What would that look like? What about some poor health? Well, how could that be a perfect gift? Because sometimes we need to have our focus put back in place, right? So there are times, I'm not saying every time, but I'm just saying there are some times that God may allow us to, to go through some difficult days with our health simply to remind us of other things we need to be reminded of, to be focused on some things we need to be focused on. And we may say, well, I didn't want that. And God would say something to this effect. Yeah, I know you didn't sign up for it, but you need this. Trust me, you do. Have we ever needed something like that? We have. What about a, a lack of dreams fulfilled? Well, that doesn't sound like a perfect gift. Yeah, it, it may not sound like a perfect gift, but you know what God is able to know? He's able to know that we don't need all of our dreams fulfilled because then we become spoiled brats who just expect everything to come our way. 
So there are some times in our lives that, you know, we want this and we signed up for that. And God, we want this. And God, we want this. And God, we want this. And God gives us far more than we deserve on any of that. And yet here's what God does sometimes. Sometimes he comes in and says, okay, I'm going to give you a little bit of disappointment. Well, I don't want that. But no, see, I know you don't want it, but that's what you need. And listen, we don't even deserve God's goodness for him to keep us in check like that, but he loves us enough to let us be disappointed at times. Because it truly is a help to us in our spiritual lives. It's not as exciting to think about, but it's true. I Listen, I have needed to know disappointments. I have needed to know frustrations. I have needed to know discouragement. I have needed these things, and by the grace of God, God has given them to me. I think sometimes we may say, well, I don't need this much discouragement. I don't need this much disappointment. Well, that's not for us to decide. God knows exactly what we need, and it'll be a perfect gift even when it isn't something we signed up for. It could be something like this. The gift of lost relationships. That seems to be like an oxymoron, doesn't it? How can that be a gift for a relationship to come to a close? Because God may very well know better than us, right? that the relationship is not healthy for us, that the relationship is not good for us, that the long-term effect of this relationship is not what we need. And so there are times that God can bring in the loss of a relationship that is exactly what we need, but we didn't realize it when it took place. It doesn't change the overall value of the gift. It's just hard to see it sometimes. See, if you think about the flow, if you think about how all this is happening, James says, listen, when it comes to the issue of sin, you need to know that God never tempts anyone with sin. God can't be tempted with sin, so he's not going to do it to anyone else. This is who our God is. Every good and every perfect gift is from above. That is what God is responsible for God is responsible for the gifts in our life that bring pleasure, that bring enjoyment, that bring delight, satisfaction. And he's responsible for those gifts that keep us grounded, that keep us focused, that keep us humble, that keep us where we need to be in our spiritual lives. That is who God is, and he is an unchanging God. It's always been that way. It will always be this way. That is part of who God is. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Now, why is it important that we remember this? Why is it that we need to be reminded of this? I think for several reasons, but for one reason in particular. The reason that you and I need to be reminded of where the good and perfect gifts come from is so that we always know who to thank for those good things and perfect things that come into our lives. 
So what are, you, what are you talking about? Okay, remember I said this will be somewhat elementary for some of us, I know. But I want us to think about this. If something good comes into our lives that we did not deserve, you know what we need to be reminded of? We need to be reminded of this truth that I'm not responsible for this. I didn't do this. God did it. So God deserves the thanks and God deserves the praise. God deserves to be thanked on a daily basis that I can get up and I've got the health and the strength and the ability to do what I do. And if I'm not careful, you know what I do? I get up and I start my day and I begin my day and I go through my day and I've lost sight of the fact that I need to thank God for the ability to do what it is I'm doing. There needs to be that thank you note, so to speak, written or expressed by me to God. God, I just want to thank you again that today I have the health and the strength and the ability to do what it is I'm going to be doing. We can lose sight of that sometimes, can we not? Sometimes we lose sight of this, that we're pretty blessed to have family. And it's not just because I'm a good family member and they're good family members and they're good people and they're good people and those friends that are like family, they're good people. No, the fact that God brought that together, listen, that's God and He deserves to be thanked for that. And if we're not careful, we take it for granted or we assume that we're the ones responsible for it. No, that good gift, that came from God. And because of that, he deserves to be thanked. And sometimes we don't thank him for that gift like we ought. I know this may seem silly to some, but I'm just telling you it's something that we struggle with if we're honest. Sometimes we lose sight of the fact that we don't deserve our salvation. And so sometimes we don't thank God for it like we ought. I'm not saying you haven't done it this week, but I would just pose the question to all of us. How many of us went this week and never once said, thank you, Lord, for my salvation? Lord, I didn't deserve it, still don't deserve it. God, there's nothing I could have done to have earned it. And God, I just want to thank you today, not because it's ritual, not because it's just something I throw out there in my prayers on a regular basis. God, I am mindful today of your goodness to me to give me salvation. I just want to say thank you for that. We lose sight of that sometimes. Some of us do anyways. We ought to thank God for the peace, for the joy, for the contentment that we're able to know. We, we ought to say thank you, but we'll only say thank you when we're mindful of who gave it to us. Think about this. When the perfect gifts come that we didn't sign up for, but obviously we needed, you know what is still deservant by God from us? An expression of thanks. Lord, that's not what I would have signed up for, but you know that that's exactly what I needed, so thank you for it. I don't know about you, but I don't pray that way very often. God, I needed that disappointment. God, I, I, I listen, as I am honest before you, God, I know that I needed that setback. I, I needed it because I needed to be humbled. I, I needed to be put back in my place. I, I needed that. So, God, thank you for that. Isn't that a tough way to pray sometimes? 
It's a tough way to pray because we don't always recognize God's perfect gifts as being what we actually needed. I'm just saying sometimes we need to be reminded we serve an unchanging God. There is no variableness in him. There is neither shadow of turning. He's not fickle. He's not whimsical. He is not any of this. No, God is always the same. And God is always doing for us exactly what we need at just the right time. Sometimes it's pleasurable. Sometimes it's painful. But it's always what we need. And when we recognize that, we're more prone and we're more apt to be grateful for it like we ought. And so this morning, I would just throw this out by way of thought. I would throw this out just by way of question, just to, to kind of see where we're at. Knowing that everything good and everything perfect comes from God. Are we as grateful as we ought to be? Are we as appreciative as we ought to be? Do we only thank Him when everything's going our way, or are we mature enough to say, hey, that perfect gift came from you as well? And I want to be as grateful for that as I would be the good gift. Where are we at in this? Because we serve a wonderful God who wants nothing but the best for us, even when sometimes it is difficult for us. Are we able and are we willing to give him thanks even in those moments? Let's all stand this morning and bow our heads for prayer. Fathers, I come to you this morning. I pray that you'd help each of us, certainly myself included, Lord, to recognize where the good things in our lives come from and to realize where the perfect things in our lives come from. God, would you help us to be reminded today that we're not responsible for any of this? Any of us deserve as much as anyone else all the struggles and all the trials and all the difficulties that someone else may be dealing with. And yet you've chosen to be so good to us in so many ways. God, I pray that you'd help us to be grateful and thankful, even when things aren't exactly the way we would have signed up for. Pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen.